Salut. Bienvenue au podcast de Tribble Trip. Welcome to the Travel Tribe Podcast. This week on the Travel Tribe X Podcast, we are joined by Magdalena, aka the Surf Girl of Madeira, as she shares with us her experience of moving to Madeira to become a surf instructor. We discuss a wide range of topics, including how to choose the right surf school, what to expect, and also her experiences of living on the island. Enjoy this week's episode of the Travel Tribe Podcast. We just randomly met on the airplane set right next to the emergency <laughs> row. There was actually, do you remember this story? There's a crazy guy wearing a blue outfit uh, who didn't want to put a yes. mask on or didn't want to put his pants on or something strange. Yeah, the pants, the pants, I think. Yeah, the guy in a Cookie Monster costume Outfit. or something. Yeah, this <laughs> seems like something out of a dream. And uh, we were just looking, wondering what's going to happen with this flight with Cookie Monster back there. Um, and then, yeah, you told me your story and it sounded really, really interesting. And uh, I, I wanted to kind of capture it. Give us a, an image of what it's like to live on Madeira. What, what it kind of, what is like your daily routine? What, what are you up to on the island? Okay, like my life is not typical, let's say, because like there is not many like surf instructors from foreign countries, especially here. I think I'm the only one and the only female. <laughs> so it's totally like out of the box. Um, but okay, let's say the hours of surfing are different uh, because it depends from the ocean, from the low tide and high tide. We kind of try to be at the beach during the low tide. So we check the forecast the day before. Okay, we know, let's say the low tide is at 9 a.m. So I wake up, I eat quick breakfast, then we pack everything and we go to the north of the island to Porto de Cruz, where is our surf school located. Um, it's called Surf Club de Madeira and um, then we decide there if we stay there on uh, Alagoa Beach or Mayate Beach. There are like two main beaches to learn how to surf or the other side because let's say the waves are too small or too big. Here it's like really good for surfing because from every side you have different kind of waves so we can choose and from the levels for the levels of our students. Uh, so let's say we decide where to go, then we pack the things on our van, like putting the boards, like, I don't know, putting all the wetsuits inside and everything. We go to the beach, then we do the lesson, which is like warm up, then uh, kind of like a technique on the land and then in the water, like more or less two hours surfing. Then after a lesson if i have a little bit of time i'm trying to grab a board and just go surf a little bit like few waves and then we come back and usually we go with our students for lunch somewhere to the local restaurant we eat like you know, local food and we drink poncha poncha is like a typical uh madeira drink and it's like rum with um with uh, fresh squeezed juice from orange lemon and with honey and it's really good, but really strong also. So <laughs> after one year, a little bit. <laughs> uh, and then let's say I come back to Funchal, to where I live, um, to the capital of Madeira. Um, and either I go to meet with my friends or for coffee or just to enjoy the day. Uh, I usually also go to do my workout during the evening, like, I don't know, to the gym. Um, and then... 
that's it basically and during the my free days i'm trying to see some like places uh, in the island or go to the mountains or surf for myself because i don't have really time to surf uh, if i give a lesson so it's like yeah. basically like this <laughs> i see and uh where did your love for surfing start where, where how did you get started in surfing um Basically, okay, so I studied sport at Physical Education Academy uh, in Warsaw. And we had like all kinds of sports. And one of it was like windsurfing, but windsurfing, not surfing yet. Um, and we had like some specialization from, uh, from that. And it was really like nice, but I didn't feel it so much that I would like to improve like a lot in the, a lot in the sport. But then I started to be interested more in water sports. And I found out also something like kite surfing, find out about uh, kite surfing. Um, and I went for one surf camp in, in Poland in uh, hell, you know, mm -hmm. yeah. and there was no wind for the whole week almost. And for the kite surfing, you need wind. It's the, the one that you have a board, but you also have a kite. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have, like, at least, I think, 11 knots, you cannot, like, do anything. So uh, the organizers of the camps, they were like, okay, guys, we will make you do something else instead. And one day we do, did, like, wake surfing, then something. And there was one day that the wave started to, to work on the Baltic Sea site. And we went for surfing. And it was really cool. It was with a guy from Australia and it was in English. Mm, the waves were super small, but for the first lesson was good. And I surfed, I caught like my first wave, like right away. And I was like, wow, I love it. Like really, it's like amazing. And I even have like on my Instagram, like really, really down, like one post from that time that uh, with a subscription, like, I think I found, I finally found my sport. And back from, from the time, like, I was, like, knowing that I want to do more surfing. And probably that's why I chose Madeira when I, when I started to read about it. And I knew, okay, this is a place that you can do surfing. Um, and then basically, like, three years ago, I started, like, coming here like going for surfing like three times a week, four times a week, like just doing it a lot, being in different conditions, like almost dying and like all this stuff. And <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like just from that. It yeah. came. And then I started to be like a helper, then a teacher and yeah, now I'm a teacher. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I did a surf camp actually in Lombok uh, near Bali. And uh, before I went to the surf camp, I said, oh, <laughs> this looks so easy. I'll just rent a board and go. Like, it's, it's no problem. And they gave me one of these boards that's like two times bigger than my size. These huge boards where you can see that this person yeah. is a beginner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so uh, I went and I remember I was trying to catch this wave. And then um, I had this moment of panic where I'm like, I'm either going to fall really badly or this is going to work out really well. And uh, <laughs> of course, uh, the latter happened and I had completely wiped out. And I swear, like 
the back of my feet like had touched the back of my head. I felt like a pretzel. Scorpion, yeah. like a scorpion. <laughs> yeah, like a scorpion. And I thought, oh my God, I don't think I'll ever be able to walk again. I was I couldn't believe um how much impact there was because I had always assumed, oh, this is just water, like nothing will happen to me. Uh, and I didn't realize the amount of force and pressure that happens when you crash and surfing. Um yeah. so so for me, this was like a like a quick reality check that this sport is actually uh you know it can be really dangerous and then i saw some people surfing these massive waves in bali where i was like oh man this gives me like shivers looking at them uh, yeah, yeah, yeah doing this but um but yeah and so like um I, I, when i went to the surf school it was interesting because i was we, we of course learned different techniques like how to stand up and all these things and uh i found it so frustrating because i felt like <laughs> the most advice they gave us was Swim faster, swim harder, swim faster, yeah, swim harder. Paddle more, paddle more. <laughs> paddle more. <Yeah. laughs> um, exactly. So, yeah, so I found that funny. Um, what uh, advice would you give to someone who is looking to get started in surfing or looking to join a surf camp? Um, first of all, like I think, just find a good surf school and good surf instructors because. Um, this is like in every industry or whatever, like you need to have someone with accreditation certificates. Um, it's really important that this person really knows how to surf and how to swim and like can save you in dangerous situation. Sometimes uh, the surf spots are super easy and super safe. Nothing will happen. It's sandy beach or something, but sometimes it can be rocks, can be reef. And the teacher should be able to like react fast and always control the situation. Um, uh, so this is the, the, I think the most important thing. The other, I would choose probably the surf camp that, or surf lesson that is not so many people at one lesson, let's say that the, the amount of people is like a little bit limited, or at least there is like lots of instructors per, uh, per group, you know, um because as i said it's like a safety reason and also like you will learn faster and better because you will have like good feedback you will catch like not maybe not catch but you will try lots of waves so the possibility is bigger that you will catch something finally um and like uh, i would choose definitely like places that are like iconic or really like made for surfing so Places that are basically with a good surf spot, like in Europe is for sure like Portugal, not just Madeira, but like in Lisbon or like Peniche or Ericeira, they're like amazing surf spots. Uh, then I think France, a little bit in Spain, but I think Portugal is like top one from, from Europe. Uh, or if you're like uh, more financially, like let's say comfortable, lucky, <laughs> you can go to Bali. Yeah, lucky. <laughs> You can go to Bali or Hawaii. This is like totally like paradise for surfers. Mm -hmm. Very cool. So you'd say top spots probably going to be in Portugal. Um, and and where, where else did you say specifically? Where would you recommend going uh, I to? I think France, France and Spain have some like good ones mm -hmm. as well. That's right. I remember actually in Tenerife, there were people surfing uh, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Canary yeah. Islands, yeah. Yeah, Canary Islands, yeah. Uh, very cool. And regarding surf schools, um, how long do you 
usually recommend the the surf schools are or is there a set program on how long they sh- they are uh you mean what like how long they should take the the lessons or something yeah is, if like if you sign up for a surf school how, how long is it typically is there a couple of days or just one day or how does it usually look like it all depends like i mean for example in our surf school like everyone like literally like everyone is signing up on first lesson um and i don't know if it's like due to like a good waves or like good technique of and like really teaching them on land and then going to the water because some people like do it like in rush on the land and then in the water if you don't have this proper technique you just fail um but yeah like if you want just to stand up on the big board have fun and just surf can be even like one two lessons like no problem but if you want to improve more if you want to turn if you want to, to to turn left right or do some maneuvers go to smaller boards of course it's like going with the time so let's say during the week if you start from like we have like the surf camps it's um, let's say you start from totally zero you never tried after five lessons so like one week of, of a surf camp you can already basically like turn or do some like speeding so it's already like a little bit upper uh, and we are trying to get you on smaller boards so, like it always depends from your physical condition and like if you have strong arms it's basically like this is what you said it's like just puddle more puddle more it's like a workout the more you paddle the more you do the the workouts in the water or if you are a swimmer for example it's easier because the paddling is the most important and the hardest part of uh, surfing, I think. I see. So if I'm understanding correctly, I have very weak arms because I have this huge board <laughs> that they never give me a smaller board. <laughs> okay. No, like, I mean, you, usually you start from the big ones because you, we want you to just feel stable and do like a proper technique of uh, either takeoff or pop-up. Uh, so we want like the stable big board and give you speed so you can like really surf and then you go just like kind of progress on like a smaller ones or like you know like just just it's like some kind of uh, fields of uh, of progression mm-hmm. I see and what are some of the biggest mistakes you see people making when starting out surfing um Okay, like, so <laughs> mostly it's the guys that are really, like, in rush of catching waves and, like, thinking that it's so easy that they can do it, like, by themselves. <laughs> exactly. And they don't think that it can be dangerous or it's just maybe not dangerous, but just can something happen? And if you don't react properly, like, you just get your board in your head or something. Like, uh, it's just... The teacher is telling you what you should watch out. Uh, watch out? Oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> what, what you should be aware of and, like, um, I don't know, covering your face, your head when you fell to the water or just don't, like, go with your head first, always on your on your legs or, or ass, whatever. Um, but uh, most, like, um, most mistakes is this, that they are so much in rush and they want to catch like all the waves that they are choosing wrong and they are losing all the energy at the beginning. And then basically when, let's say, the better waves comes, 
they don't have energy already to paddle paddle because they're like so much in rush of like okay let's try everything and surfing is about uh being patient like waiting for this perfect wave that you will just surf it's not catching everything that comes um or maybe depends from your goal but like let's say you want to catch this good big bigger wave let's say so you wait for it you don't go like if you see that okay four waves after will be this better wave so you wait for it you don't go on previous ones and some guys are like trying to catch everything and then they get just tired <laughs> so <laughs> this is one thing uh, the second thing it's like maybe with a lack of mobility people are not able to to do the technique correctly so they go on their knees and it's possible to stand up from the knees but if you progress to the smaller boards, like hard boards, like this one, for example, that's behind me, um, you cannot stand up on your knees. You need to be more explosive. You need to have like a good technique. Um, so we try always to teach since the beginning, like a perfect technique. So it doesn't stay as a, as a habit, you know? Mm -hmm. I see. And uh, what do people find um what are like for example when people finish the school what are they like always surprised about is there anything about surf camp that they're like oh i didn't realize a b and c like for example that they would make <laughs> new friends or uh what, what what are people most surprised by by the end of these surf camps yeah basically like lots of people didn't expect to to surf for example after first time or to catch a wave by themselves they were thinking that it's like going really slow that okay maybe like at the end of the camp i will be able like, like of standing up or catching away by myself and they are surprised that it's basically if you listen and if you do what the teacher is telling you you can do it like just a basic basic like physical um how to say physical strength mm -hmm. is enough to to make it um so this is one thing the other i don't know if i was just lucky with the groups or or um i don't know but uh all of the surf camps that we did and it was i think already like six uh people integrate integrated like great like there there was like no one that was uh like let's say outside of the group or feeling uncomfortable it was like everyone ended up like this week of the surf camp, like as a group of friends, and they even like uh, call each other to go again for either surfing or something. So this is what I I love about it that not only the people comes, but then they are like really like creating this group that wants to come again or go somewhere or you know like and they they are surprised by Madeira like. All the people, they're like, okay, we knew had how beautiful it was, like, from the pictures, but this is, like, amazing. Like, if you come here and you see this, like, life, it's, like, I don't know, it's unsubscribable. <laughs> and hard to leave. Yeah. <laughs> I, I see. And um, what was the process like for becoming a surf instructor? So if you wanted to become a surf instructor, what's that process look like? Um, so, okay, at first I was like just surfing a lot to get like into a certain level and also being comfortable in the water. 
uh, as I said, I was studying sports, so I was kind of like physically good and I was always like mm, working out. Um, and um, I've started to surf a lot. And after that, um, the guys from the surf club, they asked me like, do you want to help like during the surf lessons to um, give a warm up and then maybe teach the technique? So I just slowly started to be like a, a helper of the instructor. Um, and then like just more and more and I started to feel like more comfortable with teaching and explaining to people. I was also like working uh, back, back in Poland. I was a um, personal trainer and a ski instructor. So I have a basics of teaching someone uh, sports. Um, and after a while of uh, teaching surfing, like as a helper, I went back to Poland and I signed in for uh, ESA Surf Instructor Certificate. It's International Surf Association. So it's like a paper that allows you to work uh, all over the world. It's like the biggest organization of surfing. And uh, I made it in hell in Poland with a guy from Netherlands and um, with, with the guys that wanted to become, become like uh, surf instructors. I think I was also like the only female of like a group of 12 guys or something. So again, and then you had like a course that was like, uh, I don't remember, a few days of, uh, there was like a lot of uh, knowledge from uh, water safety and kind of like, Water, uh, water guard, bodyguard? No. Lifeguard? <laughs> Sorry, the lifeguard, exactly. <laughs> like a lifeguard, <laughs> bodyguard, yeah. <laughs> of the ocean. Of the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> okay, lifeguard. So it was like lots, like a half of this course was basically a safety uh, thing. So we were doing um, like first aid and all this stuff, how to how to react when someone is uh, like drowning and how to help. Then the other part was more about surfing and more about our skills as well. We needed to show how much uh, we know and what we can do on the wave. Um, and yeah, that's it. And uh, after that, there was like a physical test and uh, like a theoretical test uh, so we made it and then you get like a certificate that is, uh, gives you a permission to work like let's say legally <laughs> very cool I thought the process would be just 10 minutes of learning different phrases of swim faster paddle faster paddle stronger <laughs> and then once you learn all and the now, phrases up up up. up 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 and now you are a surf instructor <laughs> <laughs> It's so uh, easy. Yeah, it's just like that. Um, but yeah, there are definitely a lot of first aid issues, especially being out in the oceans. And after you get your certification, what's the process look like when it comes to trying to become an instructor at a school? Do most people look uh, for schools to join or start their own schools? Or what's that process look like typically? No, I think you just uh, like in every other job, you just send your um, your CV to, to the surf schools or to the surf clubs. Uh, for me, it was basically like easy because the guys were already used to 
me helping them and they were like okay like come work with us like just uh just easier uh but i think it's um it's like with every other uh company or or if you want to get a job you just give the cv if you worked somewhere even better um and that's it <laughs> okay i see and um you have also recently started organizing your own surf camp is that right yeah 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 what was what kind of inspired you to start doing that and what what do your surf camps look like okay so uh because i'm the only uh polish here and like polish connected to surfing let's say the only um there's like lots of polish people um in madeira but uh, not in surfing and um many people already kind of knew that there is like this Magdalena blonde living in Madeira and they were coming to me for surfing and I just started to get uh, maybe not fa more famous but like just recognizable uh, by Polish people, Polish tourists uh, coming to Madeira um, and I was like okay let's let's maybe try to uh, to promote more Madeira and surfing uh, in Poland or in general uh, to make this cool event of having like a week full of surfing and yoga and also like a sightseeing of the island because I think it's like worth it like to if you if you are here not just spend time on surfing but also like to see this beautiful island um, and I think I've started like a year ago in September uh, the first edi edition of uh, Ohana Surf Camp. And it was, like, really good, but I didn't make, like, any money. <laughs> it was, like, volunteering. I lost money. <laughs> it was I paid for people to, I paid people to surf. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. I was, like, volunteering to Zoli, but uh, I loved it. It was an amazing group, and I, I also were... Like I was also learning how to do it and how to organize things and manage the group, you know, because we had like, I think, eight people, six or eight. I don't remember. It was not big. My camps are not like 20 or something. It's up to 10 people, maybe 11 is maximum uh, because of the capacity of the of the surf club and of the houses and, ev and everything. And we had like a villa with um, with a pool. Uh, that we were living in and every day we were going for surfing then um, like maybe after lunch going for yoga and meanwhile just passing by some viewpoints or I don't know doing some levadas levadas are like the walks um, like mountain walks maybe in um, in the whole island and it's like I think 180 levadas here Wow. So you can choose whatever you want. Um, paradise for hike hikers. <laughs> so, yes. Um, and one day of the week we spend on a car trip. So there is no surf uh, one day. It's like a rest day. And we go around the island with the cars. Um, so during this trip, I try to show people the best places uh, in Madeira, go to the best restaurants, um, I don't know, swim in the natural natural pools or go to the waterfalls, different things. Uh, and 
then like there was uh, the the next editions i think in may and now the whole summer and september and it was going good it is going good actually good um and i'm like uh, i didn't expect that it will get um let's say promoted so so well and um uh, just more people recommend it so mm-hmm. and there are all because you were saying earlier that you became more um popular or, or famous and everyone kind of knows you as the bodyguard of the of, of the oceans now <laughs> They're like, what? Yeah, who's, that, bodyguard. Who, who's that girl that's <laughs> protecting the oceans over there on her surfboard? She's not surfing. She's just she's just protecting all the water, so nobody <laughs> nobody harms the water. <laughs> no, I'm I'm just kidding. Um, but that's that's really really exciting. And so, uh, how often do you uh, organize these surf? camps are they is there a certain season that has the best surf conditions in Madeira or when are the best times to go um I think the best time like is during from from let's say maybe late spring May to now September October so I basically like start maybe the first one of 2023 I'll start like around April maybe like Easter time and then May and whole summer, like July to to even September, October. I've just ended the, the last one on Tuesday. So Okay. So it sounds like the busy season or the good time to go is during the summer, right? Yeah, yeah. The busiest is like during summer. Mm-hmm. And how about the winter time? Winter is also good, but maybe for more advanced, uh, because the big swells are coming. And I actually cannot wait for bigger waves, uh, but it can be more aggressive. But um, we are fortunate here that we have like also north and south uh, beaches that we can surf. So sometimes if north is too violent, uh, we go on the south and it's still good waves, like middle size. Mm-hmm. And what are good waves for people starting out? Just smaller waves, or what? What do you consider like a good place to to start out on? Um, the best to start is uh, on a smaller waves and clean waves, so mm-hmm. with not um, not many like wind, not much wind, and um, but it always depends. It's like the ocean; we cannot just order what we want. It's we need to use whatever conditions we have and make it like best out of it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I had one more question like out of curiosity. When you learn how to surf or you're like semi okay surfing and you go to a new location, what does that look like? Because I feel like when you go, <laughs> when you go, for example, it's <laughs> like a new spot and you're like trying to surf, I feel like the locals are like, mad at you you're doing you're in the wrong spot like you shouldn't be here you should be over there like what how does it look like when you go surfing in like a new location what do you do when you go somewhere new (laughs) okay so um the first rule is always respect the locals and the locals are always having the priority so if they want to surf you let them surf you wait uh, like respect fully for your turn or until they let you go 
Um, but the best, I think, um, the best uh, that you can do while arriving to a new surf spot is just to talk to someone uh, like, yeah, like a local or maybe a guy that is renting you a board or a surf instructor and ask, okay, uh, is it safe? Uh, does it have like some rocks or I don't know, like any tips that I should know where to go? And people from surfing, usually they're like super friendly and helpful. Um, so if you ask politely and just, I think the worst that someone can do is just go inside the water, go in the middle of the locals or, you know, in the middle of the pro surfer when you are pro surfers, when you are not at this level and trying to pretend that you are like the best here and uh, dropping on someone's wave because they will piss, <laughs> they will be pissed and, <laughs> and um, it can end like bad. But if you're respectful, if you're, uh, just asking and um, being okay. Um, at this level, I serve this and this. Uh, can you tell me where should I go or is this beach good for me? No problem. Mm -hmm. Okay, I see. And uh, have you have you been surfing in other places outside of Madeira? Um, yes, um, mostly in Portugal, um, just close to Lisbon, like in few surf spots. And in, uh, I think, two days, I'm going to Bali as well. So <gasps> I will surf there. Oh, so cool. How long are you going to Bali for? Uh, for one month. Oh, <laughs> so jealous. I love Bali. They have such good food and uh, it's just such a really good vibe. Do you know where you're staying? Uh, first, uh, we arrive to Denpasar and we go down to close to Uluwatu, where okay. is the best surf, surf uh, spots. And then just up to to Kuta, to Changu, to to Ubud, and like more moving because it's one month. So I want to do stuff and maybe visit Nusa Penina. Yes, this yes, uh, Nusa Penina. Other island. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, that, that I love surfing there, and that's kind of uh, you have so many people um, that are that are surfing out there. And the vibes are really cool. You have a lot of international and expats uh, that live there. And I was actually kind of curious as well, your experience living in Portugal, do you see more and more international and expats moving out there, especially since the pandemic? Yeah, yeah, a lot. And um, in Madeira, we even have um, Nomad Village. Uh, there is one place, uh, Ponta do Sol, that is specially prepared for uh, receiving nomads, digital nomads. Um, and they have like, I think special uh, hotels and uh, cafes and co-works places, um, and there is really strong community of uh, of nomads uh, here. Uh, even there is this one place here, the Ponta do Sol, but in Funchal, in the capital, there's like lots of them. They also comes to us for um, for surf lessons. So I know um, like a lot of them. Mm -hmm. I see. Very cool. And uh, outside of organizing these surf event, uh, surf camps, you're also uh, producing your own jewelry. Uh, yes, yes, I am. This was actually first uh, when I was like still uh, in Poland. I started to do this uh, jewelry that was inspired by Hawaii culture and surfing. I was not yet like even a surfer, and I was just like 
so into this uh, this lifestyle of uh, of a surfer. So um, I found a word that is um, in Hawaiian means family. It's Ohana, and I called my my brand of jewelry Ohana Design. Um, I make it with uh, with my mother and my brother. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are just doing it at home and we have like online shop. Then I brought it here as well. Um, and I'm selling it in the surf club sometimes. That's so, so cool. Just like Mo- as, a, as an additional uh, thing, but uh, this is how it started. Like then, yeah. uh, then also the surf camps have the, the name of Ohana. So I want yeah. this to be like connected. Cool, I like it. And is this one of uh, another project of yours where you're uh, volunteering and losing money? <laughs> A little bit, yes. <laughs> yeah, it's just small business. Still, uh, I know that I just don't have like en- enough time of spending it for both of those uh, projects. So if I focus more on the surf camps, I'm like all in this one, and I'm kind of like putting the other one aside and you know it's like both of those businesses needs a lot of work with social media and creating content Mm -hmm. because sell jewelry online you need to show it all the time you need to do the new designs and record it post it do the website and everything and with a surf camps is the same basically if people see this online or on Instagram and they love the photos and the vibe that is here they're like okay I want to come and both of them needs like lots of attention so <laughs> <laughs> yeah so I... sometimes yeah it's, uh, it's one of them is volunteering and then the other <laughs> Also volunteering. I feel like <laughs> I feel like surfers, and I, I'm, a, I'm a scuba diver as well, scuba dive instructors. I feel like these uh, people that are in these industries don't make the best business people because they're just so laid back. Like ah, whatever, you know. <laughs> just like, don't care. <laughs> yeah, like actually, it's true. And if you also connected it with a Portuguese person, which is even slower than a surfer, and mm. you have Portuguese surfer, it's the worst. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but uh, I am, I am trying here. You know, I have this more uh, business attitude from from Poland. Let's say when we need to work really hard and um, do stuff that from from the scratch, basically. Uh, that I think I uh, I brought it here and with a surf club that I'm working, I basically, um, how to say it, rebranded it because they were existing for 20 years, but no one knew what is the name, what is the logo. They didn't have social media. And I was like, in Poland, you basically start from this and then you go <laughs> like with your, you know, actions. And here they started the action, but without anything to promote themselves. Um, and they were kind of just working with a local community or with Erasmus. Um, so I came and I was like, okay, I will make you a logo. I will make you a website. And I did it because I just were like connected to, to the surfing. And I was like, Erasmus student, I was not having too many responsibilities. I was like, okay, I'll just do it. Um, and I did this and now we have like a proper logo website and everything. so yeah. not just the surf camps but uh, I'm talking now about surf club the 
the school that is basically like um, here. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. In Poland, I feel like they have a logo brand marketing strategy that goes on for a year and then they start selling like, oh, wow, we actually sell stuff. Like (laughs) there's products we actually sell. We were just promoting it. We didn't realize we actually have stuff to sell. (laughs) Um, But jokes aside, I looked at some of the content you actually uh, posted on, on your personal Instagram and also at the surf club and it looks really really nice so madeira looks like a beautiful island i haven't had a chance to to go out there yet um i think we talked i mean we originally met on the plane which is crazy and i was telling you about my island in in thailand and you're talking about madeira so i definitely want to get a chance to 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 go out there um but what does the future hold for you where where are you seeing yourself in the future are you gonna be permanently in madeira or where, where do you kind of see yourself I would love to travel more and I'm so excited for this Bali trip because I didn't travel like proper proper travel for I think three four years because of pandemic and this let's say okay my travel was to go to Madeira three years ago and from this I was just maybe just going to Lisbon or to Porto or back to Poland so it was just short uh, city break breaks let's say um and now i'm really excited of like going far not knowing anything to a totally different culture and just trying different stuff and i just cannot wait for that so i would like to maybe stay in madeira because i really enjoy living here and i think it's like a paradise really like um the feeling that i have every day here like gratitude of being here and having sun and ocean and just enjoying every day like just means uh, a word for me so uh, I would like maybe to have like a base uh, in my data but but also like flying um, and traveling to different places and uh, I have this traveler soul that I want to explore I want to experience a lot so I see myself like kind of maybe renting a flat or having a flat here, but going places. I don't want to be all the time here because, um, however, it's like amazing and everything. It's just not for like all the time. Like you need to get out from here. Yeah, it's kind of like island fever, and I feel the same when I when I hear yeah. you talking. It's the same way I feel when I go to Koh Tao, which is I think this this island that I scuba dive in, and it's probably one of the most beautiful places in the world. I think it's it's my second home, and uh, when you get there, it's amazing, and it's just you, you don't wear shoes, and you just wear you're scuba diving every day in the ocean. You wake up in the sunrise, and you're out in the boat, and you're seeing fish. And then after three, four months, it gets a little bit cramped and you're like, I need to go to a city or I need to go somewhere new. You get this island fever that hits you and you're just like, I want to go, I don't know, go some big city, go to movie theater or yeah, eat at a normal cafe and not eat rice (laughs) meals every day. Um, And coconut. And coconut. How many coconuts and Instagram photos can I take? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I I totally understand uh, what you mean. If someone hears your story and really likes, uh, would would kind of want to follow the same footsteps, what is there any advice or tips you would give them uh, if they were kind of interested in, in, in following the same journey that you have gone through? But uh, you mean, for example, starting from Erasmus or just moving abroad? Uh, yeah, moving abroad, becoming a surf instructor, all these things. 
Okay, so um, you need to work hard and be open for new experiences and for learning new things. Uh, because I worked as well uh, as a surf instructor back in Poland and it's totally different. Uh, and I think it would be different in every other place. Let's say I will go to Bali and for sure they teach differently. The surf is different. Um, you just need to be open for everything and not be um, like, not try to be the smartest, just okay, be humble. Like I know my stuff, but teach me how is it here. Um, if it's about becoming a surf instructor, let's say, or even a surfer in um, a new place. And to move abroad, um, you should for sure get to know local people um, because this is a community that will stay. I Let's say I had like a big groups of Erasmus and lots of friends. And I think this is the worst part of my life is like a lot of people are like leaving uh, because I meet them here. Um, we spend like amazing six months, one year um, being really close. And then they just leave uh, for either their countries or traveling. Um, so uh, the best thing the, that you can do, I think, is like to to get to know to local people. So in case of everyone like leaving or you going somewhere, you always have this few people or uh, like a group that you can always uh, hang out with. Um, so you also don't have psychological problems with everyone leaving you in the end. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No, I mean, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm really sad when like my friends are leaving, but I know this is how it is. And uh, somewhere we will meet maybe in Poland or maybe, I don't know, somewhere. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. This is, this is the hardest uh, part of this lifestyle is you have such intense experiences and relationships and connections. And then all of a sudden people go their own ways and saying goodbye is always like the hardest part. I think of yeah. all of this. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. <sighs> So, um, all right. Well, very, very cool. And if uh, someone wanted to uh, follow uh, you and seeing some of the content uh, that, that you share with your lifestyle on Madeira, where can people find you? Um, mostly on Instagram, I think I post the most. Mm -hmm. um, I recently I opened TikTok, but I still like, <laughs> I was so many years i was like just thinking like what this is this application is like ridiculous and, and all of that and then i i kind of broke at one point and i was like uh, let me try this because my friends were telling me that um it's a good platform to to promote your business i just use it basically for business reasons mm -hmm. to to just be well more known with the projects that i'm doing um, so this I have, but it's super fresh. <laughs> so mostly I think Instagram and the websites of, uh, Ohana surf camp, um, dot PL or surf All right, cool. We'll post it inside the show notes. So people can check it out if they're interested in surfing out there in Madeira with you. Um, awesome. Great. So we always end the, our podcast with like a travel tribe toss up, I ask three questions and you just answer the first thing that comes to mind. Okay. 
Wait, what? One more time. I just ask you three questions and you just answer them. Whatever comes to your mind, okay? Okay. <laughs> All right. Question number one. If someone had one meal in Madeira, what would be the best place to eat? Pipa. A pipa. What is that? Uh, it's a restaurant uh, in Porto da Cruz, really close to our surf school. It's amazing. Like We go there four times a week and I tried everything there and it's amazing. Fish, uh, seafood, meat, everything. And the prices are cheap. Maybe not cheap, but reasonable for this quality of food. Great. What is, what's it called again? Pipa? Yeah, a pipa. A pipa. All right. Very yeah. cool. You know what does it mean in Pol- Polish? I feel like it's a bad word in Polish. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay. I was like, that doesn't sound right. But, but here in, in, in Portuguese, yeah, it, it means barrel, like the one that you make wine. Ah, okay. A pipa. All right. See, I can say that here. Yeah. And like, I'm speaking Portuguese. I'm very fancy and cultured. <laughs> All right. Uh, question number two. What's the most embarrassing moment you've had, either surfing or in Madeira? Any kind of uh, cultural uh, embarrassing moments or embarrassing moments while surfing? Uh, I think the most embarrassing is like language things because there is a small difference in uh, pronunciation and you already say like a bad word. So this was all the time. Uh, Let's say there is a thing or rata, which means pussy. <laughs> if you say it, it can be either be like normal words. I don't remember. I think rata, yeah, like I don't remember what does it mean, but like in, in uh, this combination, it means like pussy. And I was like always trying to say something. I was saying this and they were like laughing. So yeah, <laughs> this, uh, this kind of things or... I don't know. It just makes a little bit of one uh, one um, letter and then they're all laughing and I'm like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And last question. Uh, what is your favorite bar or bar that you would recommend um, in Madeira that's not touristy? Um, I would say uh, actually a pipa again because they have amazing <laughs> this point. No, really. Like, pipa is the best. The best. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the best poncha uh, on the island. It's super strong. The owner is doing it by by himself, and uh, it's with local rum made there. Yeah, because in Porto da Cruz, this uh, this uh, it's a more or less like a village. Mm, there is a rum factory, so the poncha is made of this rum, uh, and it's it's amazing or the other one um that is good in the capital it's kind of good in capital of uh, of madeira in funchal it's uh, rei de poncha but it's more mm. touristic let's say that one mm. that one is uh, far away so not many people goes there but in funchal is uh, it's a capital place so all the people do more like touristic things touristic things well thank you so much uh, for participating and thank you so much for uh taking part in this podcast thank you so much for inviting me well uh we'll stay in touch okay yeah yeah sure all righty well that does it for this week's episode of travel tribe podcast join us each tuesday as we release new episodes with great adventures until then remember the most dangerous thing you can do in life is to play it safe stay adventurous